You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, a very good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And look who I've got in the studio with me today. A veteran of 38 tests. Michael Kasparitz. Good morning, mate. G'day, Paddy. Heels is winging his way back from India. All the sights and delights of Ahmedabad. <laughs> I think he's over there at the moment, um, watching a, a lot of uh, batting. Yeah, I, I mean, you've spent a lot of time over there. You're one of the few to leave India with a Test Series win. But uh, it's been a little disappointing, this Test match, when there was so much on the line, wasn't there? It's kind of a, ironic, really, isn't it, that um, we, we were so, um, I suppose, all the p- attention around the pitch. Yeah. The fact we've had two, the first two test matches were over in less than three days. Mm. All of a sudden we get a nice batting wicket, uh, or flat batting wicket, um, and we're up in air. We're talking about the pitch again, saying it's rubbish. Test cricket, how boring <laughs> is it? It's like, it's like that's the beauty of it. The, the battle between bat and ball. Mm, bat's so, winning this one. So Australia 480, India have reached 571, so they lead by 91. Uh, we're none for three with just a day left, so uh, it seems inevitable what the result of this is going to be. Uh, the big the big talking point, obviously, right through uh, India. And you know you can give us some sort of insight into the just the hysteria around Coley every time he moves. Uh, 186, he hadn't scored a test ton in 1,205 days, 24 matches, 42 innings. This one took nine hours. His wife said he was battling some illness as well. But, uh, yeah, it was a moment to savour for Indian cricket yesterday, wasn't it? They, they love it. I know that um, going through my era, Sachin Tendulkar was obviously mm. the, the god, the king, with everything he did and to the point where, you know, the, the crowd would cheer a single. Mm. Um, and I heard that yesterday, watching the cricket. He was getting a single just down the ground and the crowd were going nuts. Mm. Of course, that stadium, Narendra Modi Stadium, it's the, the newest one, I think, in international cricket. It's the biggest cra- ground uh, in international cricket. It seats mm. hundred and 30,000 people. Yeah, I know. Legitimately, it's I think crazy, they've got their own bucket seat too, not just a <laughs> bench. So it's actually, um, yeah, it's incredible joint. Um, obviously, they haven't filled it all out. But having said that, um, yeah, it's it's great for Coley. It's, it's, honestly, it's great for the country. Yeah. They, they just hung on every shot he played yesterday. Every single drew rapturous applause. Yeah, didn't it's it? unreal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess if David Warner was out there batting, we'd probably the Australian crowd would do the same thing. <laughs> uh, Todd Murphy, uh, three for 115 or 45 overs. Nathan Lyon, three for 151 or 65 overs. So they were made to bowl a lot of overs, the Aussies, yesterday uh, and the day before, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, Coley over nine hours, the star. And uh, they've got a 91-run lead. This, it's got, obviously, it's got draw written all over it. But, you know, if Australia collapse, which seems highly unlikely, but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so pessimistic. Of course they won't collapse. When does that ever happen? Certainly in India. Oh, yeah, but it's just a great um, – oh, look, that's test cricket. It's the battle between bat and ball. And we saw that even those first couple of test matches. I know they're over early, but every single session. I was fortunate enough to be over there with SEN mm. uh, and commentating and, and sort of being there and watching it and seeing it. And it was just – it was great. It was actually um, really – Unreal cricket, watching yeah. it. Um, I know that, you know, obviously test crickets last should last for five days. Mm. 
get a couple of days off wasn't so bad. It's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, we see a couple of day tests here at the Gabba uh, with the Australians. We've seen what three three day tests over there. Uh, but I've got to say, I've loved watching the Indian test matches. This one, uh, you know, I, I started to be distracted by football and other things yesterday, I'm afraid. Well, it's, it's coming into football season now, isn't it? Mm. So cricket's got to hand it over. But but even saying that, I don't know when we were over there uh, commentating in SEN, the feedback was that the timing was perfect. I think 3 o'clock in uh, Melbourne and Sydney, around yeah. those parts. Um, but drive time... Um, the cricket, the Australia-India Test Series coming from India on SEN had higher ratings than the AFL Grand Final. Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, as we said, it, it looks destined for a draw, and which means India... Well, India have already won the series, won the Border Gavaskar Trophy simply by winning those first two tests. Uh, but the Australians were hoping to maintain a very good away record and, and test record, actually, in recent times that they hadn't lost a series for... A long time, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Alex Carey uh, was trying to remain upbeat after after the day four. We'll put a you know a fair bit of focus on that first hour of cricket, and then we'll see how that unfolds. So um, I thought we did really well today to uh, I guess minimise the the lead. Yeah, so the, that lead is ninety one with one day to play. Uh, uh, Matty Kuhneman's gone in as the night watchman with a little bit of a worry over Usman. Usman's twisted the knee in an awkward fall, tumbled yesterday. So uh, they'll, they'll keep an eye on him. But uh, Matty Kuhneman managed to see out the last few overs last night with Australia none for three. So much more happening. Um, Tim Zhu, back page. Uh, he is now the interim WBO champion. Uh, a shot at the uh, at the the undisputed world title uh, now awaits with Jamel Charlo. But he's the, he's the interim WB super welterweight champ after taking down Tony Harrison yesterday with a brutal ninth-round takedown of the American uh, big talker. And uh, this is how it unfolded. He's pouring in shots. This Harrison goes down. Harrison goes down off a barrage. Tim Zhu took it to another level. I don't think he's going to get up. Tony is not getting up. He gets to his feet. Well, uh, for all the things that happened over the weekend, they, we voted that as our Optus Yes moment. Tim Zhu winning that interim WBO title with the ninth round stoppage over American Tony Harrison. Search Optus Business or call our dedicated business team today. Great business starts with a yes. This was Zhu breaking down the fight. Started off good. Um, the middle the middle rounds, I think I he started feeling that um, what he's good at. He gets into this groove and he moves around, flicks the jab, um, and he doesn't let you set up. And I was sort of come, trying to come in with that one shot, but I started landing a little bit. Um, I, was la- I, think I, I, think I was I think I was landing the cleaner, cleaner, harder shots, uh, but he was, he was very consistent. At- so now he's got Jamel Charlo, the undisputed champ. Um, Charlo was watching back in the States. He said, hey, I'm a different beast to the one he faced today, and uh, I don't think Tim's got the punch to stop me. But uh, Zoo now knows he's got to step it up. Charlo, of course, they were due to fight. Charlo broke his hand in training, so it's been off for a while. That's why he took the Harrison fight. Now he gets to meet Charlo in July. 
And it's so exciting, isn't it? Great to see Australians around the world, all the belts, but mm. a world title. Yep. So good. Yeah, so following in Dad's footsteps, still got a way to go. But uh, clearly he's sick and tired of the comparisons with that. And uh, uh, he was fairly pointed uh, post-fight saying, say my name, remember my name, uh, I'm Tim Zoo. But look, he was obviously asked in the press conference about facing Charlo next. He's got to face the best next. You don't know whether you're a shark until you swim with the sharks. My, my career has unfolded step by step. Um, and each, each step I've, I've had to face, I've had to... I've had to pick it up and, um, and that's that's uh, that's my mentality at all times I was going to go all the way to the top very very top and see how far I can go now there's a little bit of trouble in the camp here this morning I don't know whether you detected when you walked <laughs> into the studio I, I got a sense of something mm. yeah something not quite right well there was a little bit of bravado from uh, Healy who's on his way home from India and me uh, yesterday our producer Jack the main man for the show along with Matty uh, has backs Minwoo Lee at every start. And he's got very, very lucrative odds for Minwoo to win the players. Mm. And uh, he could have cashed out yesterday at odds of 115 to 1 when he was only so two can shots you, back. Can you say that again, please? He could have got, he could yep. have cashed out. Cashed out. Cashed his bet out and taken odds of 115 to 1 and they would have paid him as a winner after the third round. Uh, Healy and I, having no stake in the investment whatsoever, uh, simply said, nah, have a go. You know, I, to quote an old friend of mine, if you're going to be a dog, be an Alsatian. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the big shark. Hey, um, well, what was it paying if it won? If he won. Uh, so he's, what is he now? He's... Uh, well, he's, he was 100, he backed him at 150s, I think. Uh, mm. No, he's, in, he's in a bit of trouble. He's five back. He took a triple bogey, Minwoo Lee, at the fourth hole this morning. It was just an absolute disaster. He'd, he'd actually got to the lead, or sharing the lead. And uh, Jack has looked daggers at me when I walked into the office this morning. <laughs> it's going to be a tough weekend. Well, I, I, I guess think. you've got to you know, outsource the, the expertise. You know, and and <laughs> doesn't always, always right, though. <laughs> I'm just hearing through my earpiece. He said, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, every friend that he has said, let it ride. <laughs> it's easy to say when you've got no money in the game, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No skin in the game whatsoever. But right now, for those following this, uh, this well, they call it the fifth major, at TPC Sawgrass, the world number two Scotty Scheffler leads at 15 under through nine. Hatton is at 12 under, so the former Masters champ has made a charge. And then you've got a stack of players at 10, Hovland, Im, and the Aussies, Davis and Minwoo, all at 10. So five back with nine with nine to play, it's going to be a real tough ask for the young man. But, yeah, triple bogey last day ain't normally going to get it done for you, unfortunately. Now, the league. And you're telling me there's a little bit of uh, – there's some family ties here mm. with Reese Walsh, who was unbelievable for the Bronx the other night. And he's the boo for the Bronx. He was sensational. But – Tell us about the family ties here. Well, he, he was outstanding. Great to see him, obviously, playing for Brisbane, the Broncos, and um, and just uh, with a bit of injury. I know he went over to the Warriors. Um, yep. Spent a bit of time there, with opportunities that took him that way. But great to see him there and for man of the match performance. Now, yeah. one particular person I know would be quite happy mm. would be my brother-in-law. Okay. So, Glenn Campbell. Oh, okay. I then, know um, that name. He was a teacher. Um, not round, not Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. He, <laughs> big fan, though. He, um, he, Glenn actually was the, the coach 
uh, teach, but also coach of the and the rugby league program for almost twenty years down at uh, Kebra Park. Okay, one of the most the famous nurseries in the world. So yeah. he's he's actually had a, a hand in in so many of these great players coming through. All mm-hmm. started, of course, with uh, Benji Marshall, but even the program they've been running down there um, and the opportunity for, for some kids with that don't actually have a, a lot going for them, but just the way that introducing rugby league mm. and the discipline around that has been outstanding. And I guess the results are what we're seeing on the field. We're seeing some great players and great young men coming through the system. So, and Reese Walsh was one of them. Yeah, he was he was outstanding on his uh, on his debut for the Bronx in the 28 the 16 win over the Cowboys, and it was comprehensive as well. Uh, it was everything and more than what I um, you know dreamt of made, and to come out here and get a win and to do it like we did, um, you know, we're on, we're on the back fence for you know that whole first half. So, um, you know, it was an awesome, awesome um, game for the boys, and you know they really set a platform, and and um, you know I'm sure that they did all the the fans proud. <laughs> well, he did the fans proud. He was sensational. God, he's quick. Yeah, oh, so yeah. fast. And you notice it, don't you? We're just just standing start mm. and that that little jinky move, but um, but obviously don't take it away from the forwards. You got to. So it's a bit like. You know, fast yeah. bowlers and batsmen. It's the, the forwards <laughs> and, the, and the bowlers. So, like, you know, the relationship there is that, yeah, the, the forwards will drive forward, giving the backs the, the room to move out there. So for all those um, all those forwards out there watching us, I'm just like the fast bowlers, I'm, I'm standing up for us in our union. Of so, and the, the other thing, uh, the drink water hit on Corey Oates. Uh, Oates now out with a broken jaw. Uh, drink water is going to cop three weeks. Uh, some saying, you know, is there... Is there parity there? Um, we'd love to know what you think because Brighton Homes open line is open this morning, 13 13 55, or that text line 0467 736 736. We've only scraped the surface of the rugby league. It was uh, it was a massive round two. The Dolphins, of course, with their really gutsy win in the wet over the Raiders. It was, uh, yeah, they just kept scraping and fighting and scratching and clawing. It was good stuff. Titans threw it away against the Dragons, uh, four tries in the space of, 14 or 15 minutes either side of halftime turned that match. And Titans were a little bit disappointing, to tell you the truth. So they've got a little bit of navel-gazing to uh, to do. And another blow to the solar plexus for our producer, Jack. Scotty Scheffler just threatening to run away and hide. Here he's two under now. Just made a birdie at 10. Three birdies in a row to go to 16 under. Leads Tyrrell Hatton by four. And then there's another couple to a group of players, including Hovland, Sung J.M., Cam Davis and Minwoo Lee. Uh, Jason Day's finished. He signed for a par 72 today. Finishes six under for the tournament. Uh, tie 20 at the moment. Uh, that's to be decided. A lot of money up for grabs here. First prize, 6.8 million Australian. Um, since the arrival of Liv, uh, this one uh, has copped a fair boost to the coffers <laughs> as the uh, Tournament Players' Championship. Um, but anyway, yeah, Scott, uh, Scotty Sheffler leading by four. Hey, so much to talk about in the league uh, this weekend. And the worrying one, Casper, for all league fans is what happened with Carlin Ponga. Only lasted two minutes. Uh, took another another knock to the head. And uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but it was his fourth concussion in 10 months. It's it, it's something in all sports, isn't it, that, that is being heavily discussed, this this concussion. Yeah, we've got to do it the right way as also. As much as, you know, I guess that the, com- the commentary around, you know, players getting hit in the head, you want them to stay, all that, give it a rub, you know, just keep going as we used to in the old days. But these days, no, you just got to get off. Um, yeah, I, it's difficult because he's, he's got headgear on too. Yeah. 
And so going through all the precautions, all that, um, look, it's only right, and we've seen it right now, that, yeah, how – yeah, we don't want people not to play rugby league. Yeah. We don't want um, people just to sort of shy away and say, no, no, you, you get hurt in, in the process. I've got a 16-year-old son yep. um, who plays union at Nudgee College. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, through the, that sort of thing. But he, you know, just all of a sudden, I know that, you know, for, for mums out there, they're sort of questioning, going, well, mm. you know, basketball doesn't look like they have as, as many head knocks. <laughs> and certainly cricket yeah. um, is taller than me and about six foot five mm. and a fast bowler as well. So he, he probably <laughs> might go the cricket direction, but he's loving his rugby. Well, keep, you, keep loving it. You played schoolboys, Australian schoolboys rugby. I did. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I played 1989. I played, uh, made the uh, Australian team or Queensland. We won the championship down in New South Wales in Sydney. Uh, made the Queensland team, sorry, the Australian team. Then we went over to New Zealand and unsurprisingly, we didn't win um, over there. But um, a nice little twist to it though. I came back and it was about oh, September to the Queensland cricket grade season. Yep. Um, so all of a sudden I, um, um, I was playing for the University of Queensland. Mm-hmm. It was the team I decided I was going to play club cricket with. I'm 17 years old. Um, I had to bowl the second over in second grade at mm. Oxenham Park against Toomble to a bloke named John Eels who bowled the first <laughs> over. So <laughs> Eels, he was um, with the opening combination. Yeah, so fast bouncy out swingers, um, <laughs> John Eels. But obviously I think he saw me come into it and thought, well, I better buy a play rugby. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the him. He was coming from a big height too, wasn't he, Eelsy? Absolutely. So we talk about Ponga. We know duty of care, and it's a, it's an ongoing situation. But th- there's a genuine worry now within league about uh, Carlin Ponga's immediate future. Adam O'Brien spoke about it. Well, I looked at his tackle tech, his tackle selection, um, and he got off the line quite hard on the short side. So I think it caught him by surprise. So that's you know I've seen him make that tackle a thousand times over the summer. So I'm not too concerned around that. Mm. How long, though? And uh, that really is a piece of string. Uh, it's too early to say, but we'll just follow the protocols. You know, he's had the summer off. He had eight games off last year. He's had some extended breaks, but we'll just follow the guidelines. He obviously won't play. We've got a five-day turnaround. Mm. It's a concern. It, it really is. For all league lovers, it's a concern with, with what is happening with Carlin Ponga. There was plenty in this match, to tell you the truth, for a game that uh, didn't hit any great heights. Uh, in fact, we have a text on the text line this morning, 0467736736, from the peach of Bow Desert. Uh, morning, gents. How bad was yesterday's game between the Knights and Tigers? Saifidi should have uh, been forced to stay out there as punishment. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> sent off, Jacob Saifidi. Um, it was an awful, awful hit as well on Jake Simpkins. And Tim Sheens wasn't overly happy, as you can imagine. He's not well, so we'll lose him next week as well. So maybe a couple of weeks even. You know, it's a fairly heavy knock. They deserved to send off, and he, and he did. But that uh, doesn't help us next week when we've lost the kid. Yeah. Got nasty afterwards too. I don't know whether you saw it on Fox last night, but uh, straight after the game, they interviewed Jackson Hastings, who was obviously elated because the Tigers was his uh, former club. And there had been quite a deal of uh, just sledging, I suppose, in the lead-up as to why Hastings left. And uh, he said, look, I'm not going to throw fuel on the fire. What's done is done. I've left. I'm here now. I'm wearing a Newcastle jersey. But he had hit Tommy Talao high, and Talao got a broken nose and will miss next week. Anyway, he went over to apologise. Well, seemingly apologised to Talao afterwards. 
And uh, that became a push and shove as well. And I saw, I saw the word shirt front. Yeah, you well, don't I see that too often. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know whether <laughs> that's really yeah. a shirt front. He, he sort of poked him in the chest a couple of times. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and it became quite a blow up. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the, 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 it was a messy, messy end. Wasn't messy for the Dragons. They were very, very good. And of course, they've got the Bronx next. Anthony Griffin. Uh, well, he's after copying all the all the rubbish over summer. He was going to be the first coach under pressure. They were very good against the Titans last night. Oh, yeah, it was good. It probably helped us in a way. Um, everything happens for a reason, and uh, we got a lesson against um, South, and then uh, we had a really good build-up, um, you know, the last two weeks, and it sort of showed out there tonight. Had, like I say, except for one day in Mudgee, we had a, we had a really good off-season. We were really confident um, in, in where we were going as a group. So they've got the Bronx next Saturday afternoon at Suncorp. We can't wait for that one. As it turns out now, even though the Dragons have only played one match, they've got the bye, it's second v fourth. So it's a high-priority game for round three. Well, we're losing Jack's attention fast. Double bogey <laughs> from Inwoo Lee at the par 5 11th. So it's slipping away very quickly for the young Aussie. He's uh, back to eight under, eight off the lead when he started two. So it's been a tough, tough day for the young What was his get-out? It was 120. It was paying. He could have taken 125. Could he taken 115 to one? 115. Mm. Speaking of that, Queensland is your place to race this year. The action continues right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Um, Chris Nelson, what would you have advised uh, Jack yesterday afternoon if you know, if you were told that he could have cashed out of Min Woo Lee at 115 to one yesterday afternoon? <laughs> uh, morning, Paddy. Morning, Michael. Uh, I would say let it ride. I mean, you're having a punt to, to win, aren't you? I mean, why bail out? It's like the uh, it's like the uh, the multis, and people get a chance to, you know, cash out after two or three legs. So that's what you've you've gone for the big result. So why not go for it? So, that's my thoughts anyway. Well, Just responsibly, of course, guys too. Our Queenslander Scalapini got the big result again, as we keep saying, mate. A nine-year-old running around in a youngster's body. Oh, not wrong. I wish I could uh, borrow his body for a few weeks, that's for sure. But uh, no, he, he jumped from that wide gate. That was always going to be the problem, many thought. But up outside the lead and then just off he goes in the straight. He just loves that way of going. He loves Flemington and he loves sitting up on the speed there, doesn't he, Paddy? Yeah, where do they go next? Have they decided what they do with Scalapini next? I mean, it's unbeaten at Flemington. Well, I did hear an interview after the race uh, with Matty Hoisted, and uh, the interviewer did ask about possibly the All-Star Mile. But he did say that, uh, look, 1,600 just seems to stretch him. He's been at the trip a couple of times in the past and just hasn't quite run it out. So they wouldn't be going down that path uh, at this stage. So I'm not sure, but they would be definitely uh, going by that, keeping his races to 1,400 metres under. Casper's um, hey, with us today, uh, as you well know. and. Yep. Uh, uh, he's not a big racing fan, but I've, I've, I've clued him up with a question to ask. I'm doing my best uh, Ian Healy <laughs> impersonation <laughs> while I'm here. But I, I got, uh, just a question, obviously, um, there was a the horrible collision um, on the weekend. Just maybe a reminder that the danger for the jockeys, but the bravery, I think, was Craig Williams and, and Jamie Carr? Yeah, you're right, Michael. I mean, that was uh, – we, we had Ethan Brown the, the week prior. I mean, that was terrible. And then to get another two uh, – uh, fall on on Saturday was just was terrible again. I mean, Jamie Carr is heavily sedated as of yesterday, um, but she has been cleared of any brain injuries. Uh, Craig Williams, he went home. 
uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, I believe, but has to go back for some surgery on, on Tuesday. So, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, look, we say it every week. I mean, there, oh, I don't know how you... You get on a horse, I mean, a half-ton horse, and they're going at great speeds, and you're, you're trying to take gaps here and there and everywhere and, you know, make split-second decisions. Uh, they earn every cent they get. Yeah, and right there in Williams and Kay, you've got two of the most skilled operators in the world. Yep. Uh, and accidents do happen. So our, our thoughts and prayers for both of them and then all the jockeys because Casper's right, they are brave. Hey, In oh. Secret was great. Uh, what, what caught your eye up here? Uh, well, I think another big day for Ange Jones. She rode a, a treble yep. paddy on Saturday. Uh, Mark Duplessis rode a double. Uh, the Red Kite continued on his winning way for Mark Curry. That was two wins in two weeks. Manhood, well, you know, he hadn't won on a Saturday in town. He'd won uh, races out of town, but he did the job there on Saturday. He won first up, heavily backed, and Rubiquitous, I thought, was a well-deserving winner in uh, one of the uh, mid-races during the card. A horse that's been so consistent, uh, run behind the bopper and others of late. Uh, the wide barrier was a bit of an issue, but it didn't pan out that way. went straight to the front and never looked like re- being run down. So they were the highlights at uh, Eagle Farm. Scalopini, you mentioned. One at Rose Hill, Paddy. I, I reckon you might have missed this one. A horse called Cepheus in race nine. Yes, it's put an in old a couple of blinding horse, it. It? Well, put in a couple of rippers this time in, both in Brisbane. Then I saw it in the noms and I thought it was going to go to Canberra yesterday, but it appeared at Rose Hill and won at uh, nine or $15 officially. A horse that had run on its past couple went straight to the front for Nashua Willa and they weren't going to get past. So Queensland form stacked up beautifully there. It did, yeah, and why wouldn't it? I mean, we're going beautifully here and getting ready for a winter carnival. Uh, you and I were at lunch the yeah. other day as we as we farewell Brendan Parnell as the CEO of Racing Queensland. It's uh, uh, He's done a wonderful job to get to, to get us where we are and, uh, you know, he just kept reminding yep. us that the Stradbrake's worth $3 million this week, this year. He did. He mentioned that really quickly when I got there, actually. <laughs> it was one of the first things he said, but no, no, fully deserved. I mean, he's done a great job and uh, the prize money and the calibre of horses that we're going to get up here what, in a couple of months' time? It's coming around quickly. We're already halfway through March. And don't forget the Stradbrokes, what, three months away? Uh, so we've got some really good lead-ups until we get to that stage. And, of course, we've got a big meeting this week, Paddy, at uh, Doombin. Mm. Uh, the two jewel races worth half a million each. Uh, we've got a gold jewel for the three-year-olds and up in the Gold Coast Stakes and the Military Rose Plate. So a bit of a carnival-type meeting on Saturday at Eagle Farm. At Doombin, sorry. Yes, and there's a Pat Welch something. Oh, there is too. I forgot about that. <laughs> How dare I forget about that? Well, That'll I'm, get plenty of uh, going. Well, I'm actually going out to uh, Eagle Farm after the show this morning to do an interview for Racing Queensland. Um, just in the, in the lead up to the jewel and the, the Pat Welch, whatever the whatever the race it is, they've named after me on Saturday. And Sess uh, oh. is getting the new gear ready and the the, the fascinators or whatever they have. Uh, so we're ready to uh, to uh, strut our stuff out of Doombit on Saturday. <laughs> Well, looking at the weather forecast, you'll get a beautiful day. And uh, I think we, we move aside all those uh, dual races and just concentrate on the main race of the day, which will be the Pat, what, the Pat Welsh uh, Invitational Isabel. It's definitely not the Pat Welsh <laughs> 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 Improvers? Mate, yeah, it is. Yeah. Even at my age, there's still a chance for improvement. All right, mate, then we'll talk to you. I, want you. I want your full attention on doing the form for that race on Saturday as well, OK? You've got it. Yeah, 100%. Brilliant. Chris Chris Nelson joining us there. Uh, Thanks to Racing Queensland. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. We're going to talk uh, footy. We've only really scraped the surface, as I said, with the NRL round two. So many headlines out of this. 
And uh, it's great that we've roused Sats. Although he's an early riser, the Sports Day host, so he does it at both ends of the day. Good morning, Scotty Sattler. Hello. Hey, Paddy. Hey, Casper. How are you, guys? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Now, he's been down in Lismore doing his work, uh, has Casper, doing some stuff for the, the flood victims down there, working with flood charities. You've been watching the footy. Um, mate, there's been so much to talk about. We're only round two. Why would, you, why would you put us up against each other with that sort of intro? He's been down helping the flood victims. No one's been watching the footy. That's just making me out of it just a, a bum. So, uh, yeah, round two is, a, is another one. I mean, if you're a tipster and you're involved in any tipping comps, of course, this weekend just blew a lot of people out. Um, yeah. Because, you know, some of the really good, some of the really good performances from last week, and I suppose I'll touch on the Gold Coast Titans, they were so impressive last week to come out in the first 15 or 20 minutes, I thought they were going to blow the Dragons off the park by 30, and then all of a sudden um, they fell asleep. Uh, so really disappointing, but uh, I've got to say the, the Broncos, tough, just resilient, just showing you know, great signs of defence and control. And then uh, the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins again, in a, which was unfortunate. It was, a, it was a rainy day and it kept a lot of the crowd away. Um, there's a good performance to come from behind and and beat uh, Canberra side, who are a really gritty side as well. So, and the Cowboys, I gotta say, they they looked good. They looked good early, like they did last week in round one. They looked really good in the first half, and then for some reason they just seemed to capitulate. Not not really not really sure why, but I'm sure Toddy Payton's going to try and search for the answer really quickly. Hey, I've got a question for you, Sats. Um, look, a good, very very good friend of mine. Um, oh, he's, he's passionate Dolphins. Um, I support mm-hmm. him, but also uh, involved there. And, and I told him I was actually coming on uh, on this show, and he said, um, "I said, look, got any tips or any any thoughts for you know, SEN and you know sport going on?" He said, "Yeah." And by chance, he said, um, "If you get hold of Scott Sadler, ask him about." Mm-hmm. You know, earlier on, he came out and claimed there was really bad recruitment uh, um, yep. by by the Dolphins. Um, he just he just said mention that. So I just thought I'd use the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I've been smashed by that the last couple of weeks. Oh, I have but um, <laughs> yeah, I have. You know, it's um, yeah, but yeah, it's making me eat humble pie to be quite honest because their performances have been really tough. And and I, you know, I love it that those that there's some of those fans out there that are so passionate about their team that they're you know they're willing to you know sort of give it to someone who's been critical of them. So that's what the game's all about. And uh, you know, they're, well, they're proving me wrong. I mean, I, I've always thought that they'd start the season off. Not too bad. I didn't think they'd have two wins, but I thought they'd start off okay with the amount of experience they've got. I've been able to stay in the games defensively, which they've been able to do. You know, my, my biggest fear for them, and to be quite honest now, when you look through a lot of the squads now, a lot of their benches and people, that are, the, the players that aren't playing at the moment, um, the depth uh, is probably going to be a concern for the Dolphins. But, you know, it doesn't matter. First year, you don't want to win a comp. Uh, if you do, it's a bonus. If you play finals, it's a, it's a bonus. But... Mm. Yeah, they're proving to everyone they're they're really competitive. It's great. Hey, headline moments, mate. I suppose none bigger than Ponga, fourth concussion in ten months. Uh, one of the genuine superstars of the game, and I mean, it's an impossible question to ask you. I mean, what happens now? But it, it's a worry, isn't it, Sats? Massive worry, huge worry. Um, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And again, I mean, he was classed as a category one because he showed signs of being completely knocked out, laying on the ground. And, so you're not going to go back on the field. I suppose a positive sign was that after that, you know, that miraculous victory by the Knights yesterday, he was jumping around, excited on the yeah. field with his teammates. And that's a great sign. But, you know, he's not having to go in and make 
you know, 15, 20 tackles when he's jumping around with his mates. So a huge concern. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out for an extended period of time, to be quite honest. Four concussions um, in, in 10 months is, you know, that's that's worrying. So you know, if you're a boxer and you get knocked out, you can't fight for 12 weeks. Yeah. That's just one. He's been knocked out four times in well inside 12 months, which is a huge concern. And from you know, the way the game is heading, um, maybe the only alternative is to move him back to fullback and take him back out of the front line, yeah. you know, where he's not having to do those 15 or 20 tackles. So if there is an alternative for Newcastle, even though they bought Lockie Miller from Cronulla, the only alternative probably is we need to take him out of the front line so he's not involved in those, you know, those front line collisions. You were talking about um, depth. You used the word depth, um, obviously, with each team um, and their squads. Um, that's the challenge, isn't it? When you've got your, your marquee players, when all of a sudden they're out or injured, it really puts you in a hole for the for the rest of the season. It does. And this is why you look at when you're trying to pick who's going to be like a top four, top two team, Casper. You look yeah. at Cronulla and you look at their bench. Their bench is phenomenal. Then they've got this group of players that actually can't make the 17 as well. It was amazing depth. The Roosters have always got really good depth, and they just look like they've signed Nathan Brown from Parramatta, um, <laughs> you know, two rounds in. So, yeah. yeah, they just keep continuing adding to their their squad. <laughs> now, yeah, the big news coming out of the weekend is that Peter Valandis is looking at possibly can we go to twenty teams in the next eight years um, after being involved in yeah you know, the bid process for the seventeenth license. You know, depth was always going to be a concern. To put a throw another team. Um, at 18, there's a lot of there's, you've got to find them from somewhere. I mean, I've played in a 20 team competition. And I've got to say there were some pretty ordinary games at most weekends. So yeah, it's something it's something we've got to be really really mindful of. Hey, uh, you mentioned the Roosters signing Nathan Brown from the Eels because uh, as injury cover. I mean, they've got Lodge, JWH, they've got Crichton, Radley, uh, Tupanua, they've got Connor Watson. Mm. They, they've all had dramas. I don't know whether you heard Gordy Tallis's comments about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, is, "Is there a ceiling or is it a circus tent?" I thought that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice line, wasn't it? So you know, that's what the great clubs are able to do. He's already been paid four months' wages from Parramatta from November through to February. So, yeah, the Roosters don't have to cover that. Um, Parramatta may may or may not be paying a little bit towards the Roosters to take him on. Whatever it may be, I'm, I've heard that both him and Brad Arthur don't see eye to eye for whatever yeah. reason. Not sure why, but it's just one of those those situations that's continued to to mount. And um, and Nathan Brown's not in the immediate plan, so yeah, there's a it's 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 great recruiting by the Roosters. They get him at the right price. He's at a club where he's playing second grade, and he doesn't get on well with the first the first grade coach. So it makes sense he goes to another club. And why wouldn't he go to the Roosters? He's going to play finals, so. Um, if you're not playing first grade at the club you're at, and you've got a t- you've got a club that's very wise in their recruitment, and their manager knows what club to go after, and it's 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 smart from the Roosters. And you know, if, if you've got if you've got a chance to go to the Roosters, or you know, respectfully, a, a team that's you know like the Dragons is probably not going to play, who hasn't played finals, you're going to go to the one where you're potentially going to be part of their first grade squad. And they've got Angus Crichton now for an extended period of time. Yeah, Tupanu was not out; he's out till the middle of the season, so. They need some back rollers. Yeah. Um, a couple of the incidents, mate. Uh, drink water. Uh, looks like copping three weeks for Oates. He's out with a broken jaw, gone for two months. Yeah, it's it's probably fair. You know, direct contact to the head. And he just, yeah, he, he, it wasn't intentional. It was just when you've got a guy that's six foot five running out and your heels are on the sideline, you do everything you can to try and stop them. And unfortunately, he just 
you just tried to jump up and grab the grab hold of his body and, and hold on. Hopefully the ball, he could hold the ball up. But yeah, just got it wrong, got technique wrong. And unfortunately, that's that's what's been happening in the last four or five years. They'll hit you with two, three, four weeks um, with direct contact to the to the head. So you can go and argue it if you want and get it downgraded. But really, in the judiciary, just a set of scene. They just they ask you a question, yes or no. Did you make contact with the head? And the minute you say yeah, but no, 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 it's a yes or no question. Yes, I did. Okay, well three weeks, four weeks, whatever it may be. So it's pretty black and white now. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not a great sign for the Cowboys with Drinkwater being one of their key players. Yeah, exactly right. So we've got Bronx and Dragons this weekend, second and fourth, second v fourth. Who would have thought? Mm. Yeah, I, I really like what the Dragons did yesterday. After the side that we saw in Mudgee and the Charity Shield, everyone was tipping them to to get a wooden spoon. Now, there's still a long way to go in the season. We know that. But they showed really classy signs. But this the Broncos, I mean, they started the season off well last year, didn't they, guys? Yeah. It's a method of putting they're playing, they're playing with it. Just having drama. Defensive resolve. And, and then, then you've got... And then you've got um, you know, the class of Ezra Mam and then that little bit of polish of Reese Walsh and then you've got the control of Adam Reynolds and then you've got the maturity of all those young forwards that have now got another year under their belt. Like, you know, Carrigan has gone away in a World Cup and Tom Flegler's got another year under his belt as a first grade. You yeah. know, Jordan Rickey's got... The minute you start getting over 50 or 60 first grade games, that's when you start realising where you need to be and what chess piece you play in a, in a rugby league team on a week-to-week basis. So... Yeah, they've they've really hit the um, this time. It's all about timing, isn't it? Any part of sport, this timing at the moment for the Broncos is perfect with the the maturity that they've got in the, in the side, but also that that youthful exuberance. Yeah, uh, look, and I, I don't know whether you heard the start of the show, but Casper's claiming some sort of responsibility for Reese Walsh's uh, brilliant debut. Uh, family ties. The brother-in-law coached him at Kibra Park, so Casper somehow <laughs> got the. Uh, I don't know whether it might be four degrees of separation here. No, it was only, it's only well, two, that, I think. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a classy little kid, isn't he? Like, he's, um, he's, I, I just love the way he plays. You know, he, he just, he plays like the kid in the backyard. You know, yeah. he just doesn't seem to have any sort of game plan about him. He just, I'm just going to play whatever I see. I'm going to use my speed. He, he absolutely just burnt Peter Hickey on about eight occasions the other night. He just, Peter Hickey would be having nightmares. So, uh, yeah, he's, you know, he left the Broncos on a budget price and he came back. They had to buy him, pay him back uh, and get premium price for him. But, you know, the time away has probably been good for him. You know, the other thing I reckon I love about it, he's smile. He's actually out there yeah. smiling and looking like he's having fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my daughter tells me he's got the best eyes. Yeah, I don't look that hard at I, it. Though, but, um, I, I'm not sure about I'm, I'm not sure about the manicured eyebrows, but I'm not sure about, uh, that might be just a modern day play. I don't know. I don't know Kasper, if you walked in, if you walked in the dressing sheds back in the day, and and, and Merv saw that you you'd, mm. uh, manicured your eyebrows, I reckon you'd rip one of them off. Well, Matty Hayden virtually had a, a mono brow, so it's like um, <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, it was, that was the last um, body part of hair, hair hair on a body part that got any attention, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going too uh, far now. Hey, Sats, really appreciate you chiming in at the last minute, mate. And as usual, your thoughts are, are brilliant. And uh, yeah, look, I, all league fans, no matter what your allegiances are, we've we've got our fingers crossed that Ponga 
uh, comes back and uh, is bigger and better. But I, I, I think your thoughts are, are superb. Getting back to fullback, that may be the way to go. Yeah, to save his career, maybe. It may be the best way, but I think he's going to spend a fair bit of time on the sideline, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, fortunately, so he can have time to heal. Have his, you know, his brain, his head it has time to heal. Yeah, perfect. All right, mate. Great. Thank you for doing this this morning. Really appreciate it. And of course, we wait for a sports day this afternoon. Anytime, see you guys.